business owners and executives from around the valley. This is Business Leaders with Lance Cardoza. Good morning and thank you for watching Business Leaders. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Flooring Liquidators, that made this episode possible right here at KMPH Fox 26. My guest this week on Business Leaders is Miko Anderson. She's a senior prosecutor for Fresno County and she has a, you have a really big title <laughs> because you are an expert in fields inside uh, criminology and law. I am. I am a certified criminal law specialist and then a subject matter expert when it comes to human trafficking and gender-based violent crimes. And you make that sound very uh, short, but when you look at your bio, because you've done a lot in your short career. Yes. Yeah, yes. And, uh, and you've, you've seen a lot. Yes. Yeah, so I want to talk to you about your story. I like to take people that sometimes people think, well, she's tough. She's good <laughs> at what she does. And she just you know, maybe coming out of the box this way. This is how you are. But you, you had a, a rough life getting to that point of uh, taking control of your own destiny. Absolutely, and I really appreciate you bringing that part up because a lot of people see the end product and don't realize where the start was. And yeah. for me, it was a little different because I'm from Oakland, California. Yeah. And I grew up an only child, but I grew up the mother, um, the daughter of a drug addicted mother. Mm -hmm. And she was a teenage mother and she dropped out of high school. So I had some natural challenges that came with that. Yeah. Um, and some of the difficulties as I grew up, I um, inadvertently repeated that cycle, not the drug addiction part, but being a single mother myself of two small children when I was in law school and working my way through law school and working my way through law school on public assistance. Mm -hmm. So having those struggles that came with that and then ultimately passing the bar and moving to Fresno to become a prosecutor. And, and all that in just a little bit of time, there was a lot of stuff that happened in that process yeah. Yeah. that made who you are today. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, when I read your bio and we had a brief discussion, I thought, oh, she's great for business leaders and to be able to bring you on the show. And uh, a lot of people look at the trials and tribulations of life and sometimes dwell on them. Yes. And then there's people like yourself that say, no, that's not going to identify who I am and I can help other people. And I, I think that's maybe why you're a great prosecutor, and you probably know why, but uh, you can relate to people and what they're going through and their challenges. And that's exactly it. It's because I have seen so much and experienced so much that I do have a heart for those who are victimized by crime. So that part comes easy for me in finding a way to be resourceful to um, get justice mm -hmm. in that world. Um, the other part though that's so exciting and new for me and is completely separate as my role as a prosecutor is my um, speaking and consulting now because as a prosecutor, part of what I did on a day-to-day -day or do on a day-to-day -day is come to people when they're in trauma. So traumatic events are happening, crimes, they're assaulted and different things are occurring. But when I speak, I get to get in front of that. So I get to deal with the um, preventative side of it. So that's that's a new um, a new lane that I'm going down. I really enjoy that part. It sort of brought your career in full circle because you're on one side dealing with uh, crime and then going to the other side of the crime too and being able to consult and and be able to pull it all together and it's sort of a holistic career that you put together. Yeah, that, that's, the <laughs> that's, that's the plan. Yeah. That's the hope. That's the hope. That's the hope. So yeah. What, what, when you were going through challenges, as most youth do, and some today say, uh, you know, oh, it's so bad, and then there's others that always have it worse. My mm -hmm. mom's always told me that. When you think it's bad, kid, 
<laughs> someone always has it worse than you. Uh, so always think about that. Look at the brighter side. Do what you can do to change that. What was it? What was the pivotal point for you to go after law school? I think for me it was the fact that I had two small children. And I knew I was in a situation where I had to provide some type of steady income for them that could not be taken away based on the economic conditions. I had to get something that couldn't be taken away. And that was probably the driving force that got me through law school and got me to um, Fresno. It was really trying to care for those children. Yeah, and that was that was your motivator right there. Mm -hmm. the, did you always have, as a young mind, a idea of becoming an attorney? Or what was, what was that point that said, uh, hey, I might be good at this? Well, I did early on because I was raised mostly by my grandmother because of my mother's drug addiction. And with her, when other kids were like watching MTV, because that's the age I'm in where MTV was just coming out yeah. and music videos, I would be watching like Perry Mason and drinking coffee because I was raised by my grandmother. So yeah. being a lawyer was kind of always in the background and what I um, wanted to do. But as life kind of went on, I kind of lost that once I started working and I had two kids and I would go to school and drop classes and come back. I kind of got disconnected from that. And it wasn't until I had a, um, an experience at work. I worked at a, a phone company that was heavily regulated and I had really done a lot to get to work on time and I still managed to be three minutes late. <laughs> and I just could not believe that it mattered that much that I was three minutes late. And I had really like driven like an hour and 45 minutes and ran up, to, ran up the stairs and tried to hurry up and sign on, but I was still three minutes late. And it was at that point that I knew I had to do something different because my life wasn't supposed to be that, if mm -hmm. that makes any sense. No, it does, yeah. And then from there, I started to try to go back and remember what it was that I really wanted to do before life kind of came and, and, and planted itself in my way. So that's that's how it all started. It all started to grab a hole. And sometimes it, it was a negative situation to where it was. it was, and you didn't like the feeling. I did not. You didn't like the feeling. A lot of And sometimes people then do the same thing expecting a different result, yes. creating the insanity in their life, and they just keep dwelling in that same spot. Yeah. You chose to do something different with a lot of adversity around you too, to be yeah. able to show that you can yes. and yes. you will. What would you tell a young person that maybe is catching this, watching it Tuesday mornings at 11, business leaders here on KMPH Fox 26, and maybe it's a young lady and she's sitting at home and she's watching the show and she sees you and says, maybe I can do that. What would you say to that young lady? And maybe somebody said that to you at some point, but what would you tell that young self? I would say that um, first and foremost, you really have to be connected with what you really want, what your desire is, what your purpose is. Be connected and be clear on that and then go after it and don't let the conditions around you really get in the way. Because as heavy as those conditions seem, they're only temporary. All of it passes in a matter of time. Kids grow up. You, you wind up getting a better job when you had a, a job that wasn't so great and things things change. And the only thing that will really be constant if you want growth is this your commitment to making your life better. So don't let it be um, fair weather based on the conditions. It has to be something that you have within you that's just, that's just driven. And you become complacent and too comfortable and then you sort of sit in that rut and never get out of it. Absolutely, and it's, it's easy to do because you can't always be in fight mode all the time, yeah. but to be able to take um, an assessment of where you are as much as you can and as often as you can really helps with that and keeping uh, connected to what your ultimate goals are. We're gonna be right back, Miko, with more business leaders, they'll go away.
Welcome back to Business Leaders. My name is Lance Cardoza. If you'd like to catch this episode and other episodes of Business Leaders, go to businessleaders.tv and go up to the top right, click past episodes, and you'll catch the episode today of Miko Anderson. Miko, thank you for being on the program. You're a senior prosecutor for Fresno County. And um, again, you have a laundry list of things that you're really good at. And I know that you mentioned uh, a couple of them, but you have a lot of things that you're a specialist in, in, uh, in your career. And I want to talk to you a little about that. It's like what, what you do on a day in and day out basis. Uh, there's almost two lanes because I do things as a prosecutor. Um, and my assignment now is general based crimes and violent crimes. Mm -hmm. So I handle the prosecution of those cases. And then um, in a second and separate lane, it's, it's like public service and private service is kind of yeah. how I think of it. So in a separate lane, I do uh, empowerment speaking, keynote speaking, and that type of thing separately. Do you love speaking? I do. I you do. do. Yeah. And is, is it that you do encourage people that maybe have that where you were and maybe to turn their life around? Is that some of the speaking you do or is it pure speaking? It's um, it's for that. It's so it's for to help somebody come over in adversities. So give mm -hmm. them something to relate to, and then some real strategic tools and and practices that they can use to to apply to those situations. So it's definitely that. But it also deals with a lot of uh, professional development. Mm -hmm. So I, I like speaking to the youth because of what we already discussed. Yeah. But I also like speaking to uh, first generation professionals, which is what I was or am. Yeah. First generation professionals because we have a, sometimes have a different feeling when we walk into rooms that we weren't normally in before and don't feel as comfortable in. So mm -hmm. I also like also like that line as well. As a prosecutor, you've seen several cases and people that come through that you can relate. You know maybe what they're really going through. Uh, and a lot of times you know um, you've seen it all. So yes. you know this isn't my first rodeo and you're trying to uh, sell me something that's not true or you have to dig into the truth. Uh, what excites you about that on a daily basis that when you're in there searching for the truth or making sure that uh, you're giving them their justice at the same time you're doing the justice of the people. Uh, what, what, what is the driving force for you when you're doing that job? It is the pursuit of justice in those instances because it can be so different case by case. Mm -hmm. Justice isn't necessarily a conviction in a case. Mm -hmm. So it depends on the case. You have the input of the victim. You have um, as prosecutors, we worry about the victim who was affected in the crime, but then mm -hmm. we also worry about potential victims, like the public, yeah. and what happens if this person is not held accountable. But we also have to consider the history of the um, assailant, or if, it, if it's an assault, we have to have to, uh, you know, consider that. So when you really try to come up with something that is just, you can sometimes get creative, but it's really um, fulfilling when you come up with something that really makes a victim who has already been through a lot feel that you have heard them mm -hmm. and have done the best you can to um, to make remedy a bad situation. Unfortunately, the criminal justice system doesn't provide a full remedy, so I'm not under that mistaken belief yeah. that, that that's what it is. But in the small part that we play in, in justice and overall justice, it's good to be able to contribute. The comments that I've heard from other people when I brought your name up, they it was rock star that she, <laughs> she is on top of it. And what what do you think makes you that person? What, what drives you uh, to be that person? I think it's tenacity. Just because I had so much to overcome early on that I don't really, um, 
get afraid of challenges. I just think it's tenacity. And because I had so little resources, I, I can get very creative mm -hmm. in, in, in bringing about justice and in, in jury trial and, and how I use the evidence code. So I think it's those, those two things together. So my uh, background really kind of helps with that. To be an attorney and to chase that career and go into that career, and again, if a young person's watching, what should they be studying? What's, what is important that now maybe you look at in your career today that you say, oh, I wish I would have paid more attention to that when I was in school? What, what would that be? Well, for me, I know it was like the, the basic practical stuff, like typing and being able to be competent in like the core things that you need to be a, uh, an attorney. So mm -hmm. reading, writing, comprehension, analysis, those kind of things. And then also being able to relate to other people who are not like you. Yeah. That is um, incredibly important because everybody has their own unique story of how they got to be where they are. And so being able to step out of your own perspective and try to understand it from someone else's is huge. A lot of listening. Yes. Probably a lot of listening and processing and, and being able to get through the minutia, if you will, and get to the core of the yes. issue. And, uh, and so then daily, so then as a prosecuting attorney, you talked about being a specialist and going out and speaking. Uh, what do you see into the future that you'll be doing with that career? Um, hopefully, my hope is that I do it um, more. I really like it, so that's kind of where my recreation is, and it's kind of sad to say that that is my recreation, but it's kind of where- outside of work, you're doing <laughs> right, that. Right, outside yeah. of work. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of where my recreation is, so hopefully to be able just to speak more in, a, in lar larger audiences. Absolutely, and so with, with that, do you have a place where someone can find your information and find out how they can have you come speak to their organization? I do, I have my website, so it's Miko Anderson, just my name, dot com and it lists um, the keynotes, speeches, and topics that I cover, as well as the contact page and how to reach me if you had any questions. Absolutely, and they can go there and they can get all the information about you speaking. And also, too, I think you seem to be that type of person. If they're interested in being an attorney or they have questions, feel free to reach out absolutely, to you. Absolutely, absolutely. Reach out to you and do that. We got one more segment to go, and when we come back, I want to talk about you. Talk about your grandmother. Oh, okay. Took care of you and she raised you. <laughs> she did. And I think she had some impact on you. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that and more when we come back with Miko Anderson. But before that, it's time for the 40 under 40. We got to get our nominations in. If you go to 40, the letter U, 40.com, 250 word description gets your nomination in. And the past alumni members of the 40 under 40 will select the new class of 2022. We'll be right back with more business leaders right here at KMPH Fox 26 with Miko Anderson. Thank we'll be you. right back. Welcome back to Business Leaders. My name is Lance Cardoza. Catch our past episodes by going to businessleaders.tv. And now you can catch us on Spotify, iTunes, mm -hmm. and you can get your podcast wherever you get your podcast. Look for Business Leaders with Lance Cardoza. And now we're on podcast. You can catch Business Leaders everywhere. In studio with me, I have Miko Anderson. We've been talking about your career and Young people get in a position, sometimes they give up or they chase a dream that is impossible because they're not applying themselves to it. Uh, you had some motivation when you were uh, young. Your grandmother uh, took care of you during the time. Talk to me a little about, if someone didn't join us in the beginning, uh, your situation with your home life and grandma stepped in. Oh, absolutely. She did, and she was really a guardian angel for me because at that time, and I think it was from 
I was going from second to third grade, so I think that's eight or nine years old, yeah. is when I went to live with her. And it was just because things at my mother's house were just unsafe. My mother was, like I said, she at that time was addicted to drugs and it just was an unsafe environment yeah. for uh, a child. So I moved in with my grandmother and she did everything for me. So um, she gave me a different perspective and removed me from all that and had a very safe home environment for me. And she was uh, a really a community leader uh, herself. She worked for the school system, but if anybody had a lawsuit or a complaint or a grievance, she was the person that people would call before they would call their attorney and she would refer them to their attorney. So she was kind of like a neighborhood yeah. um, lawyer. So she was she was a very huge impact in, in my um, career choice and in my life. A lot of community people looked up to her and I could tell when you mentioned your grandmother, I could tell there was something there. Yeah. And yeah. She had an impact, uh, definitely. And uh, sort of changed your trajectory. Absolutely. And gave you that opportunity to do what you're doing today. Absolutely. I was an only child and an only grandchild, so I had all of her attention all the time. So oh, that yeah. part, that part was you, really good. You were, you were the joy of her, her life there, I'm sure. Yeah. At eight years old, we sit together drinking coffee and watching Match Game and um, Perry Mason. Perry Mason. And the news. That was it. That was it. So <laughs> Perry Mason was the influence. Mm -hmm. I wonder how many people became an attorney by watching Perry Mason. There had to be many. It had to be. Yeah, it had to be. It had to be many. Talk about your business that you're offering as a consultant and being an expert in the field of, of uh, criminology and uh, based on the, the crimes, the, excuse me, the certifications that you have. Can you elaborate a little more on that and how someone could obtain your services and uh, why as an expert in the field you can help their organization or open the eyes to somebody as a potential career? Uh, sure. So for me, um, part of what I do when I work as a consultant or a speaker, I talk about exploitation prevention. So I uh, have workshops and do uh, talks on how to prevent being exploited in the very beginning. So to help especially the youth really recognize what that exploitation, what it looks like, mm -hmm. how it um, appears, because it's very insidious. It's not as straightforward as um, some would think. So giving some insight on that. And because separately, when it comes to exploitation, I have had some personal experience in that lane as well. I've had a family member who was exploited in a way that was really brutal. So I was able to learn about uh, human trafficking and exploitation from both mm -hmm. sides of the coin, from as a prosecutor, but as a family member of a survivor as well. So I give a really in-depth um, view and uh, tools and tactics on how to avoid exploitation. And that's for youth and for the professionals that work with those really high-risk environments. Mm -hmm. And then um, my other passion, though, is for empowerment. And normally it's women empowerment, but it's for empowerment and for those who are struggling to overcome whatever obstacles they face in their life on a day-to-day -day basis. So whether it's burnout at, uh, for an employer, uh, an employee burnout, whether it's how to get to the next step, whatever that hurdle is, to have some, some talks and discussions on how to come up with a plan to overcome that. So that's the other uh, area that I like to, um, like to work in. And they can find all that information at your website, which is Miko Anderson. Yes, MikoAnderson.com. MikoAnderson.com, and we have that on the lower third here where you can be able to uh, take a look at that and go to our website. And Bookie is a, a speaker for to with youth, and not only subject matter in the industry of what you work in, but with youth too, and empowerment, and be able to give them a little focus in life. And, and I think I wanted to hit on a little bit with human trafficking. I think people don't realize how vulnerable our youth are in certain situations. Uh, you might think they're safe, and you see it. 
Absolutely, and there's no population that is immune. So there are um, some populations that are targeted more frequently, so they are more susceptible mm -hmm. because they have different vulnerabilities, but there is no population that is immune. And predators, those type of predators, exploiters and abusers, tend to know how to find whatever those vulnerabilities are and exploit them. So the key in, in what I speak to uh, the youth is giving them tools to help um, assess somebody's intent. Um, and, and I tell them to, to really assess what is going on, people, places, and things, what is going on, what type of uh, environment it is, and what is being asked of you, and what is being accepted. And then a final way to intervene, um, no matter what it is. And if you don't know the solution, especially as a youth, because you can't be expected to know, yeah. just have a support system who you know to go to to get some answers. So help you to draft that, that plan in case something um, mm. comes up. And then finally, um, to release because one of the things that predators do in the uh, grooming of victims is they um, use shame and guilt uh, to keep victims from alerting other um, you know authorities and other yeah. people and to release that because that that is a tool of a trafficker or an abuser. It's not something that is new, it's something that they have been doing over and over again, and it's something that a trafficker or abuser will never um, let go of. So you have to kind of head it. So head as it adults, on. we have to make sure that we're good sounding <laughs> boards. We're a trusted source to be able to let them open up and ask the questions, or be ask them questions ourselves. Absolutely, that, and then also have a, a backup supporting system, because sometimes, no matter how open we as parents are, our children just don't want to talk to us. Absolutely. <laughs> so no find matter. that trusted source. <laughs> right. That's so all the time we have. Else. Appreciate you being on my program. Thank you. Next Tuesday, right here.